It's good to be in God's house tonight. Well, it's good to be in God's house every time. I'm going to take my scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're going to read one verse to start with. That'll be verse 14. 1 Corinthians 10, 14, just one verse to start. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. That was a powerful sermon this morning, wasn't it? As this was laid on my heart about a week ago, I kind of struggled about what, what to do with it until I heard the sermon this morning. Uh, it made perfect sense why we, we might address this topic after hearing the Lord's coming soon. We want to be careful. We want to be ready. And... uh So we're going to take this admonishment from Paul, and we're going to look into it a little deeper here. We're going to start with a definition. There's several definitions. They all are similar, but I thought I'd read them all. One is the worship of a physical object as a god, small g. Another one is immoderate attachment or devotion to something. So immoderate would be more than moderate, so excessive. Extreme admiration, love, or reverence for something or someone. And uh, Easton's Bible Dictionary describes it as image worship or divine honor paid to any created object. Now this book is to the Corinthians, so I kind of looked into what, what was going on in Corinth at the time. Uh, it was a place of religious variety. There's actually a lot of trade that went through this city. And so people came from all over the world through this place. And so you had traditional gods and goddesses from Greek and Roman religions. You had local deities and heroes, divinities from further east, such as Egypt. And then you had the Roman cults, which were especially important to the city's elite. They had what they called the imperial cult, and that's where the emperor, ancestors, and family members were worshipped, which happened in many other cultures as well. And this was part of the religious and political life in Corinth. This was normal, everyday, expected. This is this is what you'd be considered worldly. Uh, as I was studying this, I looked at a Matthew Henry commentary, and he made a comment here that I thought was important. Idolatry is the most heinous injury and affront to the true God. It is transferring his worship and honor to a rival. So this is serious business, idolatry. Idols were commonplace in the times of the Old and New Testament, so uh, you can under, we can understand why it was addressed more than once. You see it several times in the Old and New Testament addressed. So, one thing I wanted to do before we speak about that too much further is to look back at that scripture again. It says, wherefore, at the beginning of that. Well, that usually means there's something before that we should read. Right? So I'm going to start at the beginning of chapter 10. Paul does a really good job here to help us understand that we need to learn from others' mistakes. 
How many of us are very good at that? You know, some of us have to figure it out for ourselves. I was one of those for quite a while. It's not very fun. Uh, it's usually a little bit of a harder road. Uh, but maybe the lessons, you know, if, you have, if you're a little thicker in the head, it gets through better. I'm not sure how that works, but uh, we want to learn from others' mistakes when we can to save ourselves the grief. And when we know the Lord's coming soon, we don't have time to figure that out on ourselves. Let's take the Word of God for what it says. So here's Paul, starting at the beginning of chapter 10. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. It's important for us to understand here what we profess and what we are, we must live and we must protect. They all were under the cloud. They all went through the sea. But with some, he was not well pleased. Now, verse 6, Now these things were examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So when we look at this verse, it's, it's referring to Numbers chapter 11, verse 4. When the Israelites left Egypt, others went with them. In Exodus 12, 38, it says, A mixed multitude went up also with them, and flocks and herds and even much cattle. So it wasn't just the Israelites. There were others that kind of gathered there with them and got out of, got out of town, so to speak. But as they were going through the wilderness, this group that was not Israelites began to complain. Uh, it was hard journey. And they expressed their desire for the food in Egypt. And pretty soon the Israelites said, yeah, what they said. And they started doing the same thing. Well, that didn't please God at all. So we can, we can hear voices out there that we might agree with. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. It, those voices, if, they, if they're saying anything against the one true God, you better think twice before you start agreeing. And if you're not sure, that's what the Word of God's for. If we're not sure what someone's saying, if it's, if it's good, something we should be following or not, well, then we just take it to the Lord. And he'll show us. Verse 7 says, Neither be ye idolaters. There it is again. As were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Well, th this is a pretty serious verse. This happens in Exodus 32. 
starting at verse 1. I'm going to turn to that. I can find it. There it is. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, so where's Moses? He's he's up on the mount and he's going to be receiving the Ten Commandments. But he's taking too long. And the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. How impatient. Where did he go? Wouldn't they even consider that? Who's he with right now? Shame on them. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings. Now this is Aaron. What is he thinking? Aaron goes right along with them. And they create an idol. And he received gold from them, and he creates this idol. And we go down to verse 6, and they rose up, well, verse 5, And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early on the morning and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings, And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. Well, that word play does not mean what we think it means. It was obscene. These people were drunk and were carousing. And it led to what is exactly mentioned in the next verse. Verse 8. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, neither let us commit fornication. So that can give you an idea what this idol worship was like. So if I read that verse, neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. That's reverse, that's referring to verse eight to numbers. Chapter 25, verses 1 through 3. And Israel abode in Shittim, and people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. And they called the people unto the sacrifice of their gods, small g, and the people did eat and bowed down to their gods. And Israel joined himself unto Baal Peor, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And it got worse from there. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take all the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord against the sun. And it goes on for a while. It's kind of disturbing, so we'll stop there. 23,000 died because they chose to serve another god. Verse 9, neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. This is Numbers 21, verses 4 through 6. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. 
And the people spake against God and against Moses. The way this is said, it just, it's easy to just read right through that and not think of what that really means. They spake against God and against Moses. They didn't just, you know, complain about it. They're speaking against them now. This is serious. Wherefore have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. The Lord sent fiery serpents for that one, and they bit the people. They had a distaste and even a hatred for what God was doing for them. He had just delivered them from the Canaanites. Just prior to that. Verse 10 in 1 Corinthians again. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Six times in Exodus and Numbers you find the people murmuring and God being provoked or kindled to anger. You know, one of those, whatever it is. They didn't, he didn't like that. And it, whether it was murmuring against God or murmuring against Moses was the same thing. Moses was appointed by God. So it might as well have been the same thing. Verse 11, Now all these things happened unto them for examples. And they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Jesus is coming soon. This is important for us right now. If there's going to be a falling away, and we know there will because the Bible says so, we must be very careful. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. You think you got it under control? We better hold on to the Lord. Something tells me it gets a little rougher before the time's over. We're not going to be able to stand on our own, that's for sure. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above what ye are able. Did he say you won't be tempted? No. He didn't say that. Won't be attempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. What is commonplace today? Uh, Gene S. Whitehead, I found a really good explanation here. Idolatry is anything that either disproportionately consumes your thoughts, actions, resources, or time, and takes your focus off of God. Not, that's not just like one little time. That's like consistently, like a habit. Contemporary idols... There's a lot. That I, I, as I studied this, people have lists. You know, everyone's got a list. Here's six, here's eight, here's 12. You know, they, and they break them up into different categories. But it, it all boiled down 
to roughly the same ones. I don't think this is anything that's going to be a surprise to anyone. And this might get a little close, but this is a practical gospel. If, if you feel like I'm meddling, I'm sorry. We want, to, we want to get this right where we live, don't we? Okay. So these are all things that we uh, deal with on a, on a daily basis, but they can become something that consumes us and draws us away from seeking and serving the Lord. First one is a one I don't think this will surprise anyone. Uh, money was one of them. And consumerism, the pursuit of money and the acquisition of things. Uh, there are many that will trust money more than God. Uh, money is not the problem. We already know that. It's the love of money. Uh, that's, we always need to remind some of that specific thing. But we want, it's how we view it and how we use it. Right? And, uh, today, I cannot tell you how many things are out there talking about wealth. How to build wealth. How to do this and how to do that. And there's always an advertisement every time you watch anything about what you need next and how you can use this and this is really important, you should try this. And uh, it just goes on and on and on. A lot of these feel like first world idols, first world problem idols. You know what I mean? How about entertainment? We, We can chase that, can't we? Start to feel a little bored. All of a sudden, let's, see, let's, let's turn on the television and Netflix, or maybe there's a video game I haven't played in a while, or even going on, you know, going on a vacation is fine. It's if you, you know, it's just within reason, of course. I mean, if you can go all the time, good for you. I wish I could do that. <clears throat> but we start looking for this stuff when we're idle. I don't mean idle like I-D-O-L, but I-D-L-E. And, and it can begin to be something that you, you end up going down a rabbit trail. How many have been on YouTube and found themselves on YouTube way longer than they expected because, oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? And you start to go down the trail. You're all looking at me like I'm the only one that's done that. So entertainment, sports. I love sports. I loved it too much for a long time. I still like them a lot. <laughs> but we want to be careful. We need to be careful. Is it drawing... If I'm spending three and a half hours to watch a football game, when am I going to give the Lord three and a half hours? Don't I, doesn't He deserve at least as much as I'm giving a football game, for goodness sake? You know, that, that's, that's how the Lord checks me. That's where I get checked a lot. Uh, we all get checks. These are all. This is important for all of us. I, this is for me as much as anybody else. Next one is comfort. Definitely a first world idol. We have made our lives much easier. This is. It's the. It's a crazy. What what can happen anymore? I mean, you get in a car and it almost drives itself anymore. We have made our lives much easier and much more comfortable than any other time in history. But it can be damaging because we will, if we begin to seek that comfort so much, when we're asked to do something difficult, we won't 
be able to do it. We'll struggle with the idea of having to come out of our comfort zone. God pulls us, draws us out of our comfort zone in order to serve Him. If you want to be comfortable as you serve the Lord, you better find some time at the altar and get that settled. It will not be comfortable. But it's a blessing. You'll love every minute of it. I cannot tell you how many times I'm exhausted when I go to a choir rehearsal on a Wednesday night. And when I'm done, I feel great. I might still be tired, but I feel great being around God's people, doing something to to praise the Lord and, and prepare for services. There's nothing better than that. All right. You know what's coming. Technology. It's not on, is it? Oops, sorry about that. That's from Brother Tim DeBus, by the way. Sent me a text. Uh, Anyway, technology, we all know that that's, that's got a hook. Right? That's got a hook. When my phone was buzzing while I was preaching, I, I had the temptation to actually pull it out because I, I, I'm at my phone's beck and call sometimes. Does it feel like that to you? It's like you can't let it wait. Xbox. Talk about hours. Oh my word. Hours. Xbox. Well, I'm with my friends. Okay. Internet. Social media. Yeah, that came up. When our, when our lives are revolving about how many likes we get or how many people are following the latest thing you posted or that you find you can't sit silently five minutes without checking your phone or refreshing whatever social media you prefer, that's consuming. That's habit forming. Last one here that seemed to be one everyone agreed to was uh, identity or self. That, that was really the, what came across. And the first thing that came up with most of them, again, was social media. It's, it's pervasive. I've, I've seen it take kids down, or almost take them down. I have. I've seen kids ready to kill themselves because of social media. Your position at work or your abilities and skills, you, you get focused on yourself. You want, you want to portray yourself a certain way. When we get wrapped up in all these things, God can't work with that. We need to be selfless. We need to have our identity needs to be in Christ. And what he can do, what he did for us, 
and is still doing in us and for us. You know, some would take all of these things we've, that I've did, this, this list, and would say, well, those are just, you know, distractions. That's just, that's just a bad habit. The devil would like you to just give it a, a nice, easy name like that. Because then you might not do anything about it. Oh, it's just this. It, it's, those are idols. Flee from idolatry. That's what it says. Where do I spend my time? Where do I spend my money? Where do I get my joy? That's a big one. I remember watching football games and jumping up and down in my living room. I was pretty excited. Where do I get my joy? We heard that song, The Love of God. Think about what he's done. The change he made in our life, that's joy. You go through a trial, and you, know, you, you have a prayer meeting, and he's there with you. The trial's still there. That's joy. Here's a big one. What is always on my mind? That can be tough. That can be tough. We have things we face, but when we do, Lord, help us to think about the Lord while we're thinking about it. Asking for his help, knowing he's going to be with us, understanding that the promises of God in this Bible are for everyone who believes on his name. Before I was saved, I didn't think of myself as an idolater. Or serving the devil. Oh, we, we hear that a lot. And I, I, I never thought of myself as any of those things. I just had things that were more important than going to church. That's exactly the point. That's idolatry. I had things that I thought were more important. Anything that's more important than going to church and serving the Lord, that's your idol. If you have that going on. That's the idol. First, I want to turn to 1 John chapter 2. I'm going to read something that a lot of us have heard many times. Starting at verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, that's that list. That's the list. Is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. We're here a short time. It feels long as we get older. Feels like we've been here a while, but really, when you think of what eternity is, it's a blip. We don't want to concern ourselves with these things that can entangle us and keep us from everlasting life. 
It just doesn't compare. Tonight, if you're here and you're, you're not sure, am I ready? Or maybe there's things on the list that you feel like, you know, that, that might be me. We have an opportunity tonight. This is something that I never saw until I came to this church. The opportunity to pray. I went to church till I was 17 before I went to college. And we knelt and prayed before, kind of, before the church service started. And, and we did, you know, rehearsed prayers and things like that. We knew about Jesus. We knew he died on a cross. A personal relationship, though? Not a clue. Not a clue. What a privilege we have tonight. You can have a personal relationship with God in heaven. Jesus Christ died on that cross and suffered. Oh, did he suffer? That love. So that we can escape so that we can have a relationship with Christ and know that we're ready when the Lord takes His church out of this world that we will have no doubt, we'll have blessed assurance in our heart and know for sure. Do you want that assurance tonight? Uh, Whatever your needs are, whatever your concerns are, the Lord already knows about that. Uh, let's, let's, let's come down to the altars and, and take advantage of our opportunity to, to reach out to God and see what he'll do for us tonight. The song is 554.